0: You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode four. You need to fake it until you become it. Believe it and trust yourself so much so that you actually shape yourself into being that confident, strong, smart, healthy, happy person you have inside of you. If you want it, become it. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherr. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw. It's real. It's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sher. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the podcast dedicated to simplifying your health journey. While the topic of nutrition is always central to our discussion, we're also going to dig into personal development, living a purpose-driven life, simplification, and making real and honest changes that can be sustained for life. Today's episode is all about stress and flipping traditional advice on how to cope and deal with stress on its head. We're gonna learn how to embrace stress. And this topic means so much to me, and I know you're going to get so much out of it, just like I have. And so, we're gonna talk about three things in this lesson why stress is unavoidable and how it's helpful and harmful to our body. We're gonna learn the ways in which you can embrace stress. And number three is a topic I think is very fascinating, and that is, can we fake it to make it? So let's get started. Stress. We've heard about the negative consequences of stress for so long. Heck, some of us have lived with stress for so long that it seems like a never-ending battle. So just to tell you my story, this last year has been one of the hardest years of my entire life. Fortunately, I feel like I'm kind of coming on the other side of it, but it had to do with stress and being overly stressed and not dealing with that stress well or at all. In fact, I would even say that I hit my lowest point I've ever hit, my rock bottom to date. I hope I don't have to go back there, but through that, I've learned a lot and I want to share that with you today. Just to give you a little insight into my life, I've been an entrepreneur since I graduated from college. I started my own business right away, which is great, but it has a lot of negative or stressful points to it. One, I was constantly trying to find work. I was always worried that I wasn't going to have enough income to pay my bills, and yet all while I was trying to be innovative and creative, bringing the latest and the best information I could to help other people. A couple of years ago, I transitioned from that job into Simple Roots Wellness, and I just wanted this so bad that I started living and breathing Simple Roots and got to the point where every waking hour that I had, I was either thinking about it or I was working on Simple Roots to the point where I made a lot of sacrifices. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I think there's something to hustling in your business and in your life to get where you wanna get, but I was doing it wrong. I wasn't taking care of myself. I had let go of taking any time for myself. I made a lot of sacrifices. i had let go of a lot of relationships. I wasn't being as social as I once was. I wasn't relaxing that night. I was literally working from sunup to sundown. And if I wasn't working, I was watching the kids and I was thinking about work. And so I kind of got myself into this really bad, dark place where I'd lost passion. I had lost excitement for life. I had lost my purpose for life and I questioned everything. I felt like I wasn't good enough and that I, I didn't deserve it. And I And I wasn't capable of being the mom that I wanted to be or the the wife that I wanted to be or the business owner and the person that I thought you wanted me to be. And so I spiraled into this low place. And from there, my family obviously interjected. You know, they started telling me I need to take care of myself and I needed to take time for myself and I needed to clear my plate. And that's all good and fine. But the reality that was going through my head is, yes, it's easier to say it than it is to do it. You see, I was battling time. I didn't want to give up on myself. I wanted to exercise. I wanted to take a hot shower at the end of every day. But the reality was is I didn't have enough time to do those things. And if I let go of some of my work, if I took time to do that, that meant I had to give up something else that had to get done. And if that wasn't getting done, then it really wasn't getting done. There was no one else to do it. And so I constantly was fighting time. And as they're telling me all of this, it just made me more stressed, to be honest with you. I was... You know, I was looking for ways and searching for ways that I could declutter my life and get rid of excess things. And I think this is all good, but it just wasn't working. It wasn't satisfying me and it wasn't bringing me more joy. It just seemed to be putting me in this pit further. And I got frustrated at them, got more frustrated at myself and more frustrated with my work. So I started studying stress and I started looking at new ways that you could handle stress as opposed to just getting rid of it. Because let's be honest, that's hard. In fact, it's nearly impossible to eliminate stress altogether. And even when I seem to be working to bring it into a normal level, then one of my kids would get sick. A new project would come up, snacks would be needed at school, and this perfect day I had created was over. And I know I'm not alone. I mean, bringing it back into the health context, you know, people who are, you know, waiting to start their health journey or waiting to drink more water or waiting to eat healthy until Monday or next week when you're more prepared. Let me tell you, there's never going to be the perfect moment, nor has there ever been the perfect moment. I'm sorry if that's bad news to some of you, or maybe it's even relieving. But this is how I was living. I was waiting for that perfect moment in time. But the reality is there's never enough time. Sure, sometimes you may be more prepared and on track, but we're living life and things happen to all of us. The unexpected, you have to work late, you have sick kids, traffic, it happens. And instead of letting these things build upon themselves, creating even more of a harsh environment, we have the option to embrace them. And trust me, I'm speaking to the choir on this one. What's interesting though, is that the latest research and philosophy and thought is to embrace stress for health how I got myself out of this pit and really started to Opened my eyes to a new possibility on how to deal with stress was a TED talk that I listened to. It was called Embrace Stress for Health by Kelly McGonigal, who is a health psychologist. She has recently released the book, The Upside of Stress, which we'll get into later. But this TED talk opened my eyes and I began digging deeper and finding more science for myself. But like I mentioned, sometimes it's more than the science. During this TED talk, I really had this sense of, aha, I get it, it feels right. It's realistic for me to do this. Like, yes, I can do this. And so it seems so perfect and so right. And so that's why I wanted to share it with you. So to start with, I want to overturn traditional advice because my inner rebel comes out and just wants to lay a true and lasting foundation for you. But before I do that, I must warn you that there is a true increased risk of stress on the immune system. In fact, stress has been linked to almost every disease process, including increased inflammation, cardiovascular disease, stroke, depression, cancer, and simply just making us more susceptible to the common cold and flu. So we can't dismiss the fact that, yes, stress is harmful. But this advice that we've been given that stress is really, really bad was intended to motivate us to reduce or eliminate stress. But what really happens when someone comes in and tells you to reduce stress or clear your plate or eliminate stress? It can make us overwhelmed and almost to the point of panic. I experienced this when my family's, you know, what I would call harping on me to get rid of things and to just enjoy life more. That just made me more stressed because I couldn't figure out what to get rid of. If you're like me and you're constantly trying to figure out how to reduce stress, it becomes stressful. It isn't easy and it is very overwhelming. I quote Kelly in her book as she says, it's like that nightmare where you're trying to run from the serial killer, but your feet won't move. I was living that. And I'm sure we all have experienced that at some point. Sure, there are countless strategies on how to relieve stress. But most of the time, this just means getting less done than you're supposed to inducing more stress than when you began. And I faced this so often. I thought, oh, I'll just take time tonight. I'll take time to exercise, take a hot shower. But what happened is whatever I was supposed to get done, whatever I had let go, then I would think about that all night and all the next day until it got done, just causing more stress in my life. So the controversy that hinges this traditional advice just to let go or to overcome or cope with stress and the new advice to embrace stress came from a study that estimated nearly 20,000 Americans who were a year from dying, not from stress, but from this toxic combination of having a very stressful life and viewing stress as harmful. What they found was that mortality was greater in those people who viewed stress as harmful than those people who just learned to embrace stress. That's fascinating. So basically, the bottom line is if you view stress as harmful or something we need to avoid, you actually increase your mortality than if you just embrace stress. Other research has come out showing that when people think of stress in a more positive way, it actually changes their experience of stress and seems to reduce harmful effects. So the burning question becomes, why does stress exist if it really is inevitable and unavoidable? Let's start by addressing when stress is bad. Obviously, stress has a bad reputation for a reason. It is known that stress is extremely hard on our body, and chronic and traumatic stress can increase the risk of illness, depression, and early mortality simply due to the rise in cortisol or a stress hormone. But the tricky thing about stress is that it both hurts us and can help us at the same time. So in other words, stress in the short term is very good for us. So let's take, for instance, anxiety. Anxiety can give us focus, energy, and help us perform better, but when it becomes chronic, it can leave us frustrated, irritated, exhausted, and overwhelmed. The other side that we could look at is traumatic experiences like divorce or the loss of a loved one or going to war. All of these things can either hurt us and hurt our personality for the rest of our life or can help us and we can choose to embrace this and this is where we get post-traumatic growth. This leads to greater strength, better relationships, greater appreciation for life, and giving you more focus to help others. So again, we can use stressful situations, even trauma, to better our life or we can use it to harm our life. But again, this boils down to how we view stress. Now that we address when stress is bad, let's talk about how stress can be good for us. Stress can actually be a protective mechanism of the body. And here's the nerdy science part, because we have to get into the nerdy science part. There are three basic stress hormones we hear about so often. I'm just going to address those really quickly. One is adrenaline. This is commonly known as our fight or flight hormone, and it's produced by the adrenal glands. It's released after your brain receives a message that a stressful situation has presented itself. What adrenaline does is it gives you that surge of energy. It increases your heart rate, allows you more focus and attention. Norepinephrine is the second hormone. And again, this one is very similar to adrenaline as it gives you more focus. It generally makes you more responsive and more aware of your surroundings. It kind of acts like a backup to adrenaline. The third hormone is most commonly associated with those negative long term associations, and that's cortisol. Cortisol is produced by the adrenal glands. It takes a little bit more time to be released by the body, minutes rather than seconds, to really feel the effect of cortisol. Cortisol really is a survival mechanism of the body. When we see cortisol being released in higher than normal quantities, it helps our bodies to maintain fluid balance and blood pressure while regulating some body functions that aren't crucial in the moment, like our reproductive drive, immunity, digestion, and growth, all things which are important long term. The problem, though, we have with stress is long-term continuous release cortisol and chronically elevated levels of cortisol leading to serious issues. Too much cortisol, as we mentioned, can lead to cardiovascular disease, suppress the immune system, increase blood pressure and blood sugar, decrease libido, and produce acne and contribute to obesity. The other hormones that are associated with stress are things like our sex hormones, like estrogen and testosterone, And one more that I really want to get into is oxytocin. This one's interesting because oxytocin is known as our love hormone. We generally think of it being released in response to good feelings, happy thoughts, flirting with someone, getting a hug, all things that deal with social positive interactions. But what's interesting is that oxytocin is also released in response to stress. So oxytocin not only acts in your brain, but in your body as well, as it's a natural anti-inflammatory that can actually act on the cardiovascular system as well as many other systems, which we'll talk about in a second. But get this, during stressful situations, oxytocin actually helps your heart cells regenerate and heal from stress-induced damage. So this stress hormone actually helps you strengthen your heart but this only happens when you change your view of stress and flip it to embrace it or make it positive. So if we embrace stress, if we just change our mentality about if stress is harmful or positive, when we look at embracing stress and using it positively, we can actually see a lot of benefits come into the picture from stress. One is, like we mentioned, it helps your heart. Basically, it helps your heart or your cardiovascular system to deliver more oxygen and energy to every cell in the body. The pituitary glands release oxytocin, which improve your mood, give you courage, enhance empathy, boost intuition, and makes you want to strengthen social bonds. The adrenal glands release hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol that help you cope with stressful situations and also release DHEA, which help you recover from stress in a way that makes your brain more resilient. So it's true, we get better at stress by going through stress. It helps your senses, your eyes dilate, letting in more light, and your hearing sharpens. You're more focused, concentrated, and you have a better understanding of what's happening around you. And the gut, which this is fascinating, those feelings of butterflies in your stomach when you're going to meet someone new or you're going to go on stage, that's actually a stress response in your GI tract, which is trying to get intuition involved. So yes, stress can be extremely helpful in your body, but it can also be harmful. It all comes down to how you perceive stress and how you deal with stress and how you embrace it. The grim reality we all must face is that stress is always going to be a part of life, but choosing to embrace and accept it rather than trying to eliminate it can ultimately make you happier, healthier, and more likely to succeed and just be an all-around better person. It has even been proven that embracing this concept of stress can make you stronger, smarter, and happier. But what we have to understand is that there's two seemingly opposite things that can be true at the same time. One, it can be true that going through something stressful can make you sick and depressed. Or number two, it can also be true that the same stressful situation can make you stronger, more compassionate, and more resilient over time. But it all comes down to how you view stress. The bottom line, don't get rid of stress, just make yourself better at managing it. So that sounds all good and well, but how do we actually embrace stress? I'm going to give you some tips on how we can take this information and flip from viewing stress as harmful to how we can actually learn to embrace it. Number one is start by viewing stress as helpful rather than harmful. I know that sounds like a lame tip, but it's so true. Our mindset matters and what we believe about a situation or circumstance makes all the difference. So we have to view stress as helpful. Let's take, for instance, leaders. People who have been defined as leaders have something in common. They all manage stressful situations very well. In fact, when we study their biology, their testosterone levels actually increase and their cortisol levels or those negative stress hormones can decrease and that's in the midst of a stressful situation. So essentially, they can become less stressed upon entering a stressful situation. Where it's the opposite of other people. Say you're going into a job interview and you're nervous about it and you don't feel confident about it, naturally you're going to be more stressed going in there than someone who feels confident and ready even if they aren't overly prepared. So your confidence is going to make a difference. Again, how you think about stress will determine how you respond to stress. So look at this another way. Let's think about common ways in which we can think about stress that are harmful One is some people just drink away their stress or they drink to release stress. They want to escape at the end of the day, so they use alcohol to do that. Number two is procrastination to avoid stress. This is my go-to. I'll procrastinate if I'm nervous about something or if I'm avoiding something or if I'm worried I'm gonna fail at something. I will just sit on it for weeks and days and months until I overcome that fear and I just do it. But procrastination is my go-to. And sometimes it has to do with number three, which is imagining the worst case scenario. If you're a worst case scenario person, you are not alone. It's funny because my sister and I, we do this to each other. We'll call each other up and we'll be like, hey, I know this is going to sound funny, but what if or do you think this could happen? And it always goes to that worst case scenario. So those three things are very harmful in the way that we deal with stress, but they're very, very common. We do this in avoidance of stress. But what one study found is that living with the goal to avoid stress actually increases long-term risk and outcomes like depression, divorce, and getting fired. In contrast, viewing stress more positively seems to encourage people to cope in ways that help them thrive, such as finding the meaning in it and seeking social support, being creative, and coming up with solutions to the stressful event. But is it really as easy as telling ourselves stress is good for us? And the book Kelly wrote, The Upside of Stress, she goes through three of the most helpful mindset changes towards stress that go far beyond just general positivity, and I thought these were really helpful. One is to view your body's stress response as helpful, not debilitating, essentially taking the energy you get from stressful situation and using it as positive, not using it as fatigue. Number two is to view yourself able to handle and even learn and grow from stress in your life. This is huge. And we're going to come back and talk about that because I think this is such a valuable point. But before we get there, there's number three, to view stress as something everyone deals with, not something that proves how uniquely screwed up your life seems. We all have stress. Every single one of us has stress. No one is out of the woods on this. We're all dealing with something. We've all been through fire. We all manage to come out the other side, but it's how you come out the other side. Is it coming out positively or negatively? No, you're not alone. That there's someone out there who has a unique situation similar to yours, and we all go through things in life. But what is cool about all of this is that the research shows that we can change our attitudes and quickly around stress. Even if you are a worst case scenario kind of person, there is hope for you. But I think what the most important point she made is viewing yourself able to handle stress. And I think this is where we go wrong a lot of the times, where I know I go wrong is I just lack confidence in situations. I lack confidence with myself, with my ability to know whether I can succeed. And I just constantly go back to failure I can't do this. I'm not confident. I'm not capable. I don't deserve this. And that's where my mind goes. I start telling myself all these lies. But I think it's pretty interesting if we relate our stress hormones back to our confidence level. Let's look at the difference between men and women for a second. Scientifically, men tend to handle stress better than women. And this is due to their confidence levels, right? A man's ego, they tend to be more confident in the situation, which means they have less stress in the situation. They do better. You see, so often we get this notion that I don't deserve to be here, or I can't do something. We start feeding our minds with lies, and we absolutely believe that we can't. And this is where we're going to talk about, can we fake it to make it? There's some interesting research by Amy Cuddy, who's a social psychologist from Harvard, and she studied how much we can perceive about another human being simply by their posture. What they found was by researching confident poses versus incompetent or insufferior poses, and they found that just opening up your body biologically changed your hormone levels. So if we take, for instance, someone who stands confident, they're confident going into an interview, standing up on stage, they're very open and they tend not to hold their body very much. Think about someone who just wanna race or score a touchdown. They lift their arms, they open their body nice and wide. This is what they would call a confident position. What they found was that someone who's confident or just merely stands in these confident positions for two minutes, naturally increase their testosterone levels and decrease their cortisol levels. Confidence changed their perspective on stress. And the opposite is, is, they found someone who was nervous about something, crossed their legs, folded their arms, held their arms into their necks or to their bodies, they just kind of wrapped themselves up. They were less confident in the situation. And what they found biologically was that their cortisol levels increase and their testosterone levels decrease. So, confidence has something to do with how we deal with stressful situations. It's perceived what we think about ourselves that can actually determine our level of stress, which in the end has a huge effect on our health and on our weight. And so whether you believe you are good at something or deserve to be where you are, if you stand confident in it, you can actually drop your cortisol levels and naturally become healthier. Similarly, if you want success, what if you simply fake success until you became success? It's not imposter syndrome or what we hear so often, fake it till you make it. As Amy says, you need to fake it until you become it. Believe it and trust yourself so much so that you actually shape yourself into being that confident, strong, smart, healthy, happy person you have inside of you. If you want it, become it. So my ending thoughts for you is one, we need to view stress as energy. Instead of taking it as negative energy and something that cripples and paralyzes us, use it as positive energy to change us and to shape us and to mold us into better people. Number two is connect with others. We can't forget social interactions, social relationship. This is huge for us and how we deal with situations, which goes into number three, Remember, you're not alone. There are people out there who are ready to embrace you and to help you walk this journey. You are not alone in this. We all travel through stressful situations. Your life is not a wreck or a mess. You are not screwed up. This is just life, and we have to learn to deal with it. Number four is to view stress as a chance to grow, taking those failures and turning them into positives. I feel like this is still easier said than done. I struggle with this, but it all boils down to my confidence levels. And number five is just slow down. We're doing too much. We're not taking enough time for ourselves, and understand that we don't have to do it all or be it all, that we just have to stand confident in who we are and trust the process. So here's how to do it. When you believe that you can control your reactions, even if you can't change certain difficult circumstances, you're using stress effectively. Let me say that again. When you believe that you can control your reactions, even if you can't change certain difficult circumstances, you're using stress effectively. So it's time, my friend, embrace stress. Use it to mold and shape you to become the person you know you can be and are. Every day, I want you to fake that person you want to become until you become that person. And I know this can be controversial when we talk about fake it to become it. It's not imposter syndrome. It's really just believing in yourself so much in the process that you believe you are that person. So let me hear from you. What do you think? Do you think if you start acting becoming an imposter of a healthy person, living the life you desire, that you can actually morph your thoughts and mind and making the right decisions to become just that? I want you to send me an email and let me know what you think about this or, or leave a comment on my Facebook page or to Twitter. Let's keep this conversation going and see how we can help each other to embrace rest and embrace who we really are and find more success in that. Also, don't forget to log into my blog, simplerootswellness.com. There is tons of healthy recipes. They're the most indulgent of healthy recipes. I promise they're family-friendly and really delicious. Hopefully, you can find some value in that as well as the other health-related articles on there. There's also some courses and programs that can help you lay that firm foundation for a realistic and healthy nutrition that can be sustained for life. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram can be found at instagram.com slash alexasherm or at facebook.com slash simple roots wellness. And finally, I would be forever grateful if you'd help me out and rate and review the podcast. This actually helps keep the podcast visible and findable by new people. If you give it a five-star rating and leave a review, I'll be sure to mention you by name in an upcoming episode and a small way to say thanks. To write and review the podcast, just visit simplerootswellness.com slash iTunes or simplerootswellness.com slash Stitcher. Also, make sure to send me those questions. I'll be sure to answer them in the upcoming episode. And keep me informed on what steps you're taking to become a better you and live a simple, healthy life. Until next time, my friend, take action and become your best you. Thanks for listening.